0: Hello, this is Apostolic Truth today, and for those that don't know, this is a podcast. Within this, our mission statement is dedicated to bring forth consistent biblical truths, rightfully dividing the word of truth. And being inspired by God and His Holy Spirit, we're able to bring forth the practical for viewers and those that tune in life. Again, I thank you for tuning in for another episode of Apostolic Truth today. It is my privilege and honor to release this newest episode. Right now, what we're doing is something a little bit different. It's a mini-series. There's going to be a part one and a part two covering the topic of shame. And what I have going on here is a guest speaker, Bianca Baptiste. She's been on this podcast before and a new guest speaker, Dawn Sanders. She is a prayer warrior at our church along with Bianca, and they tear it up. Um, they've got a lot of, of deep discussions, and they've got a, a, a lot of deep talk in regards to this this topic of shame. So I had prayed about it. I, I had I'd sought after who would, who would be good to go ahead and, and bring this forth, and I couldn't think of any two better people to do it. So I've got them on here. Um... But before I go ahead and release it to him, in regards to shame, as a man or a man that might be listening to this, I don't want you to receive it and just brush it off. But I pray that you receive it and you allow it to work on you because I know myself as a man when I heard this idea of shame a long time ago, I brushed it off and I, I was like, no, that's not me. I, I Nothing of my past or those emotions of my past is still affecting my my current. I was like, no, that that's not there. But as a man, you know, a lot of times we don't like to to work through our emotions. We compartmentalize our emotions in different arenas because as men, we know we've got to be strong. As men, we know we've got to uh, be diligent. We've got to get these things done. So we we don't deal with it. We just kind of put it to the side and work through it and pretend it's not there. And in this realm of shame, when we do that, it, it, affects, it affects our exterior, it affects our, our subconscious, the things that we do, the things that we say, how we feel about ourselves. It affects a lot of areas within our spirituality. And like they're going to go ahead and get into, as men, and I know this is difficult, they're going to deal with men and women within this podcast, but as men... It is it is very crucial that that we we deal with these things now so God can take us to the to the next, so God can take us to that next level. If we have these things that are constantly weighing on us, that are constantly uh dragging us downward, it's gonna be hard to be elevated to that next place God wants to take us. So I pray that you 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 listen, you receive it. And And we try to get our pride and our arrogance out of the way, because as men including myself i I struggled to to deal with this topic, but over time god God healed me and, and God's continued to heal me in certain areas that I didn't even know were a problem so uh without further ado, here we go
1: all right um wait, so okay, I'm just gonna do whatever, <laughs> and then uh right I just go. All right. Well, thank you, Derek, so much for having us on. I'm super excited to hit on this topic. This is actually one of my favorite topics to talk about um, because it's something that God has really hyper-focused on dealing with me on in my personal relationship with him because of how much inner healing I needed. And um, I really am excited to just be able to talk about this with Sister Dawn and just go through it. Um, One of the books I would recommend um, if you are interested in diving more into this topic um, is a shame syllabus by Bishop Chester Wright. Very, very good syllabus and content and material when it comes to shame. But um, I'm going to let Sister Don start this thing off and then I'll just go from there, I guess.
2: <laughs> okay. We appreciate this opportunity because it's such a much needed topic to be discussed. I've spoken on it and did a couple sessions on my Facebook page about it. And people listen to it and they, they, um, it resonates with them. But sometimes they think, well, I don't really deal with shame because they don't really see it. The thing about shame is it's so hidden
0: right. and it's
2: so interior and it's like our subconscious mind has hidden the shame that we have accumulated over the years. To the place that consciously we don't even really realize the reason we're acting the way we're acting, the reason we have these issues right. is because of shame. Right. It's so covered. It's so hidden. And unless we're actively praying and seeking God for deliverance, we're not going to be able to go through the deliverance process. Right. So hopefully today in this session, we can um, give you some clues, give you some um, ideas about if you're dealing with shame and then how to deal, you know, how to pray about it.
1: Right, right. which is going to be super good. Um, and Sister John's absolutely right. I don't know what it is. But when it comes to inner healing and just the most Americans, I don't think people want to be victims. And when it comes to pain, you know, um, just something in our subconscious fights it. And usually when you kind of are dealing with the same thing over and over and over again, you're just kind of like, I'm just going to always be like this. And society has tried to diagnose things, um, misdiagnose a lot of things, honestly, and to where that we never feel or think that we can actually be delivered from it, that it's just a part of our personality or our makeup or our nature when in actuality um, it's important that we deal with it because it's affecting our relationship with the Lord and with other people. But, yeah. Right. The um, the
2: most obvious people that you can look at and say they're dealing with shame are the kind that they've done in action or something happened to them, and they understand they deal with shame. So they hidden it and they think, I'm rejected there's something wrong with me. So they go out and their actions prove they there are shameful. I'm just there's no hope for me, so I'm just gonna do all these shameful activities. They get involved in self-destructive habits. Um, and that's the easier ones to recognize. The tougher ones to recognize is that people like in my case, I went through an issue when I was like five and I had shameful issues. Um, I went on to cover it and then to say, I'm going to prove that I am not shameful. I'm going to prove that there's nothing wrong with me. So I'm going to be a good girl, and I'm going to prove that I'm a good girl. And then these people get driven to perform, and they're driven to do all these things, and they're actually covering shame, and you never know it by looking at them unless you're really praying. And it's that inner shame that's driving them to perform and do all the right things to prove that there's nothing really wrong with me. And that's the ones that hopefully tonight or this at this session we can – help you to see that the root cause is really shame. Right. You know. right. Right. Um, looking at, just, just to um, define it, if you look in the dictionary, the definition of shame is a painful feeling of a loss of self-respect. It's a humiliating feeling when you lose the respect of other people. It makes us feel inferior or inadequate. It's also to me shame is that I'm not good enough, something's wrong with me, so God could never love me, I can never receive the love of God, I can never be successful in my walk with God. Um so just defining shame is just re- is really important. Right. Um
1: Right, which is very true, and sometimes diagnosing shame in your own personal relationship um in life it's very interesting because sometimes it's not again, like Sister Dawn said, it's not easy, always easy to see. When you look at a drug addict, people that are giving themselves to sexual sins, um, fornicating, pornography, and all these different things, it's very easy to say, yes, that person's dealing with shame. But then when you look at someone else who, again, who maybe have more of a driven personality or just bent on being perfect, just, you know, have perfectionist tendencies, or even sometimes fall somewhere in between, um, it's a little harder to realize that. But If you pay attention, I think a lot of times of how you even talk to yourself when you mess up or um, just the ability to receive God's love um, and or the actually the inability of doing so, not feeling worthy of his love. Kind of help show and demonstrate, hey, there's something wrong there. Um, But yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's good, because we have to be able to receive God's love in order to love him back. Right. And we have to be able to receive God's love to be able to love our brothers or love others as ourselves. And right. you definitely have to receive God's love to love your enemy as yourself. Right. So all of your work and operation in the kingdom of God, all of your relationship with God, is totally dependent on your ability to receive his agape, unconditional love. And if there is a shame inside, if there is a block in there, you can go along and you can perform and you can have a relationship with the church, but you'll never really develop in your relationship with him and never really find the place that you want in God.
1: Right. And there will always be a, um, an emptiness and a dissatisfaction because of that lack of lack of depth. Um, and it's very true. Uh, something that is hit on the syllabus by Bishop Wright, it's really cool. In Mark chapter 12, where it talks about loving the Lord that um, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment of all? And I don't have the verse pulled up in front of me, but he pretty much hits on loving the Lord thy God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. Um, I tend to add one extra word in there by accident, so please forgive me. But he then goes on to say the second is like unto it, loving thy neighbor as thyself. And realizing in that passage of Scripture, there are three relationships that are being demonstrated. Your relationship with God, your relationship with others, and your relationship with yourself. And um, the funny thing is, is when you're we're in the church, we can look at that passage of Scripture and think that the most important one and the pivotal of the three is um, our, my relationship with God. But um, when you go through the syllabus and something I've really come to realize to be very true in my own personal experience is that the pivotal of all three is actually um, yourself, how you feel about yourself. Because if you deem yourself unlovable, if you deem yourself unworthy, you're going to reject God's love and if you reject god's love you in and of yourself cannot love yourself and in that you're if you love others it's only going to be through phileos or eros it's going to be um i'll love you to the degree that you're able to love me it's not that com- we're not you're not going to be able to adequately obey that command because that ag- that agape love is god <laughs> um he is that love and if you're unable to receive his love you're then unable to Obey the greatest command and love him the way that he's called you to love him. And, again, love others the way that he's called you to love them as well as love yourself the way that he desires for you to love yourself. Um, and, again, if you reject God's love, you're you're rejecting God. Um, and the only reason why you would reject him is because of you feeling yourself as a rejection. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, one of the
2: things I want to get into, which I didn't have time to get in in my other sessions, um, is why we're dealing with this. Um, John in John 14, Jesus made the comment, "Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and has nothing in me." So Jesus. There was nothing in his spirit, nothing in his soul, nothing in his heart. There was no areas of darkness or misunderstanding. There was no shame. There was nothing in Jesus that Satan could get a hold of. But the thing we need to understand is that when we have shame, an unresolved shame, that is literally a place in our soul or in our heart where Satan has legal access to. Um, In the state of Louisiana, they have a law called the right of passage. And so if you have a hundred acres of property out somewhere in Louisiana, and an I own one acre right in the middle of your hundred acres of property, legally by law, you have to give me a driveway or some kind of a direct access to my acre where I can get to that acre anytime I want to, wow. totally unrestricted. Wow. So you may own all hundred acres, but if I have one little part of ground in there, I legally have to have access, and this is how it is with, in the spirit, God owns us. We have the Holy Ghost baptism, right. but if there is an unresolved area of shame in our in our hearts, that is Satan's territory. That is Satan's place. So any time a day, any time he wants, he can come and have access to that shame and draw on it and pull it up, as right. it were. So you know you're doing really well and then you go to the park and then there's a girl standing there and you feel like oh I want to talk to her and maybe she's crying and you want to go pray for her if satan has that opens that that way in you that that place in you all satan has to do is come down and he has access to that shame he brings up that shame at the most inopportune time and then you think oh I never I can't talk to her I'm not worthy you know, so Satan has open access into our hearts, our into our our you know our spirit at any time as long as there's this um, shame there. It's right. a
1: It's an open access. Right. And uh, something that's so critical in understanding this is being baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. One of the most powerful things that will ever happen to you. Um, but again, preachers and people will say this, but sometimes we don't understand that that is truly the beginning. It is not the ending point. So in the process, what that starts off is God restoring and making us whole to become more and more like him to be used in his kingdom. So in that process, healing is a part of that. Um, there are things, yes, God may wash you of your sins. No, he not may, he does wash you of your sins when you're baptized in his name. He when He fills you with the spirit that is his spirit that's dwelling within you. Um, but there are things that because of the way that he ordains it, that he allows us to go through processes. But it's as he goes through these these processes of healing you that he actually makes himself known to you in deeper and intimate ways. So it's not like it's not God is able to instant instantaneous say instantaneously take away some of these things, but it's, you know, it was through the journey in the wilderness that they were able to learn certain th- aspects and qualities and attributes about God. And it's the same way as, as God heals you of these inner battles and these inner wounds and these things of sh- connected to shame that we're able to get greater greater revelation of the love of God. Um, and uh, sit, what Sister Dawn's hitting on in regards to it serving as an open door it does. And so that's why when you go to do outreach and the devil will lie to us and say that, well, that's just not meant for me. I just don't have the personality to do that. And, you know, we give ourselves excuses to disobey God, even though his word may say that we're we're all called to preach the gospel or we're, all called to give ourselves a prayer. It's God's will that we're all sensitive and used by him. Obviously, giftings and callings are different, but we all have a place in the kingdom. So, well, then what's the problem? Why is one person able to step into that or finally have gotten to that place, but yet I'm still struggling with that? Or maybe I am being used in a gifting, but yet I'm still tearing myself apart or after I get used, I get hammered, I'm getting slammed mentally or emotionally, and I can't seem to get dominion, um, usually it's linked to an inner healing. Um, and because the adversary has a gateway, he has an opening, he has an access. Um, so, yes. So <laughs> that was no, that's good. good
2: because I struggle with, okay, God, why did you allow this? Why don't you just... Totally deliver me from all fear. When I got the Holy Ghost, why didn't you just totally deliver me from all shame and all these inner battles? But it's God does not automatically do that because we have a free will. And legally, we have to, as an act of our free will, we have to let this stuff go. We have to give him our emotions and our fears. He had to show me several times that I was literally internally holding on to something that was inside a fear or shame. I was holding on to it with all my heart, and all my might inside, and he had to literally show me that you need to let this go. Right. You know, so w- with us, um, God allows it because it's actually, in a way, it's kind of sin—sin sin in the fact that we're believing Satan's lies that he's putting in our minds. Um, you're not good enough. God doesn't love you. We're not believing the truth, and it's also sin because. We are not forgiving,
1: right.
2: and we are not because we are not forgiving ourselves.
1: Right.
2: You know, right. so there's things in us that God is allowing, and He's allowing Satan access just because we are not actively praying and working and agreeing with Him and letting these things go. Right. Now it's I wish it was just okay. Right now, I decide to totally let go of all fear inside me or all shame inside me. It's not that simple. Right. It is a process where. You confronted with the shame, something will happen. Um, you'll run into somebody that um, reminds you of somebody who just berated you and just caught, you know, just shamed you. You run into that person, and then those feelings of shame surface. Um, so it will put you through a process where these these feelings will surface. But when that happens, it's up to you to go to God in prayer and say, God, I release this to you. I forgive myself. I don't want to hold on to these feelings anymore. I give you permission to take all this, change me. We have to actively be giving God access to our hearts and, and, um, asking him to continue to heal us. Right. Um, Right. Um, our, our first reaction when we feel shame is to hide, um, so we hide things from God, we hide behind memories, we hide feelings, things in our past, we stuff it down in our hearts, in our emotions, we just hide it. So it's all in our subconscious, and sometimes, you may be listening to this podcast right now, and you may be thinking in your mind, yeah, I need this, but... Deep in your subconscious mind, your subconscious can to be freaking this. out. Yeah, I don't even <laughs> don't want to open go those here. can of worms. I don't even want to right. do this. So, <laughs> what do you want to do? Is you want to turn off the podcast and just forget about it? Right. But if there's anything underlying right now that's kind of freaking out, that's something they need to p- stop and pray the Lord. Lord, what is this? Right. And then every time you get out in public, you're in a in a setting, and you just act unappropriately. You just start crying, you know, if something happens, that's when we need to go to God and God and pray, okay, Lord, what is the root cause? Why did I react that way? Right. Why, when somebody gives me a compliment, oh, this was big, a couple of years ago, somebody would compliment me, I could not take a compliment. Right. I always had to divert g- it somehow. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dawn, your dress looks so nice. Oh, it's just old. I bought it at the thrift <laughs> store, right. you know, and so I had to start praying, okay, God, why can't I take a compliment?
1: Right,
2: And God had to show me it's because I didn't believe that I was worthy of that compliment. And God right. had to heal me of that inner reason. So I'm encouraging you at this point, if there's anything in you that's kind of freaking out underneath, right. don't ignore it and don't just put this away. Deal with this later. Pray now and then start praying. Every morning I pray, God, if there's anything in me, any fear, any shame, any strongholds, I give you permission to surface right. that and help me to know the truth and um help me to give you all these things.
1: Right. You know? And this is this is so simple um but something that I had to learn was that God was not intimidated by my junk. Um he was not afraid of my junk. He was not I wasn't going to be able to run God off with my garbage. <laughs> um because I had a I had a lot. I had a lot that was, you know, a lot of us just just so much intertwined and buried coming from Majority of our families are dysfunctional and um, messed up to some degree, even in the church, (laughs) you know. And so but with that, you spend so many years because no one knows how to deal with this and we can't deal with this in our flesh. You bury them. You bury them. You don't deal with them. You don't deal with them. And then when it comes to a place, a crossroad of confrontation, there is such an anxiety and a fear of like, there is no way like this is too painful. This is too much. But God is not intimidated by it um he's not you can't scare him off um just a revelation of the fact of like it's him that's intentionally wanting to deal with this and i used to also feel that god what in the world why is this important in comparison to the seven billion people that need to be reached and the gospel would be preached to them like this is not that serious this happened 15 years ago why is that significant but the same way if you reject the love of god he's not you're, you're gonna reject and and um not allow him to flow through the way that he wants to with those things still being there they serve as they again they serve as an access point to the adversary um so realizing that again God's not intimidated by it he's not going to run from it he's not going to be like oh my goodness what did i just open up this is way too much let's let's not even go there let's shut this down he's he's still all knowing he's infinite <laughs> he's god <laughs> um so just that r- simple truth, the fact that like he knows what he knows what's all there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to keep hammering this, but um, when you
2: are, are praying, I heard Dr. Jeffers, he said um, intimacy with your spouse is revealing to your spouse, the secret parts of your body, Right. but intimacy with God is revealing the secret parts of your heart. Wow. And so mm. I'm like, this is not good because my heart is desperately wicked above all things. Right. And my heart is embarrassing. And the people who mess with me at work, I want to choke them. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> God knows all these, this junk is in my heart. So I was just like, how can I share this junk in my heart with God? Right. But then I realized, okay, God, you already know it's there. Right. You know? So wh- when I started getting up in the morning and praying this, trying to pray this every morning, being open and honest with God sharing God the 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 intimate parts of my heart okay God this guy at work he was um, he did the stock and he was so lazy and he spent <laughs> all this time trying to figure out how to get out of work and he he was he would hide and he wouldn't try you know he just drove me crazy so I said God please forgive me I don't know why this guy drives me crazy right. please take this from me show me the root reason and as I would pray what happened is If you are open and you show God the secret parts of your heart, what happens? Then God starts showing you the secret parts of of his his heart. heart, Then God showed me one morning that it was just like I had a feeling of him sitting there all alone. He felt total shame. He felt felt total rejection. It's like when God shows me his heart of how that guy really felt— then all of a sudden I had compassion for him and I felt bad for him. And so now he didn't drive me nuts anymore. Now I felt really bad and I should pray for him. Well, I should have prayed for him last week. But as we are opening our hearts, even though it's ugly and it's nasty, that's the way when you're opening your heart to God, when God then shares his heart with you, that's when then you can receive God's heart for them. So this isn't a waste of time. This isn't, you know... Just a pity me party. Right. You know, I get up, I talk to God. This is how I feel. I go through my feelings. Um, I give that God. God, I say, God, I'm not supposed to feel this way, but I give you these feelings. I ask you to change my heart, change my feelings, and then God will do that. Right. You know, even though it's embarrassing,
1: you know. Right. right. But then you learn. You learn no longer to be embarrassed because of the fact of you learn to trust Him. Right. Because um, ultimately, what this comes down to in our relate with this walk with god it's it's a relationship um that's the biggest thing that it's it's a relationship um and the bible says if you'll draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Um, and the passage that came to my mind that became one of my favorite verses for a while was in First John chapter 3 where it talks about, you know, even if my heart may condemn me, God is greater than my heart. And that was huge because when I just the slightest reality, the wickedness of my heart was so hard to even fathom and deal with. But the revelation that he was greater than the most vile thing in me um, and that he was capable to overcome override it and, um, cleanse it and deal with it and make me new. Um, but anyways, that, that's just so good. Violet, you continue. I know. We're <laughs> um, I heard
2: in, in the, in the shame syllabus, I'm sure he says it, um, that all spiritual inconsistency is a result of shame. Right. And I thought, oh, that can't be right. Right. You know, and then I, and then I heard, all these self-destructive behaviors that we're doing is shame. Right. And I thought, really? But after looking at it and praying about it in a couple of year, you know, years going through this process, I realized this is correct because if we are spiritually inconsistent, if we're here, we're in church, we're worshiping, we're doing great, and then three months later we're back out in the world and we're struggling with addictions and we're struggling with stuff online or whatever— and then we pray through, God deals with us, and we're come back, and we're in service and we're worshiping again, and three months later we're back if we're inconsistent, the root cause is not sin, it's shame, right? Um, we have to find that that root cause because sin is not our problem, it's shame. God will completely forgive us of sin, When we confess our sins, he's the fastest forgiver in the West, like right. like Brother Wright says um. So if we're sinning and we're confessing um, and we're, we're still having issues, it's not, our problem is not really sin. It's the shame that's underlying, that's um, t- driving us to, I just can't change. There's just no hope. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just no good. I am not good. So I'm going to go out. I'm going to do this behavior. I'm just going to go and have another drink. I know this is not going to turn out well. I know this is not going to help me. But I'm just so, I feel so bad about myself. And I just know I can't do this. So I'm just going to go and I'm going to take a drink. The quickest way that I can do to cover up my shame. And then we don't. And we continue to do that in a cycle. And we never get to the root to where we're allowing God to surface the shame and deliver us.
1: Right, right. Which
2: is really good. <laughs> um, um, whenever we sin or we do a sinful action, we should feel guilt. But guilt and shame are not the same thing. Right? Guilt tells me what I did was wrong. And that's from God called conviction. And that's probably the word. I use guilt because that's what we hear out in the world. But um, that's conviction. So when I do do something wrong, I should feel conviction. Um and then, when I repent of it and I, ask, I confess it, God will cover it, and I should immediately feel better. Right. But if I sin and I confess my sin and I don't immediately feel better, then my problem is not guilt, it's shame,
1: right.
2: And then Satan will continue to to bombard me with that feeling because he wants me to set to know that I'm a failure, there's something wrong with me, there is no hope, I am bad, right. And so he will continue to load those feelings of shame on you. So you stop trying. You stop even wanting to pray. You know Adam and the, Adam and even the garden felt shame, and they went and hid, and they try and sew so fig leaves to cover. You right. know. So, if we are um, confessing our sin and we are praying um, and we are not feeling better, then we need to stop confessing this the sin. And we need to start dealing with, okay, God, it's this shame, you know, um, surface that feeling of shame, help me to understand why I feel this way about myself.
1: Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And just also realizing, you know, shame is a grudge against yourself pretty much. And also realizing that shame also says that you're always going to be this way, you know, and that's why there's a difficulty to separate the two in your mind and in your spirit, um, just something that I did want to share just very quickly in regards to one of the biggest revelations that I had in this process. God has healed me of many, many layers of this, um, but I'll never forget that there was a time where um, I was driving down the road and had had a, it's, it was just a good day and I was just praying and um, just reconnecting with the Lord and just thanking him for that day. And in the mode of thanks, thanking him, I began just to thank the Lord and just thanking him that he was infinite. It just, you know, came out of my mouth. I've heard different teachings on God being infinite and very powerful when you just think about it that, you know, time is in him and that literally he's here right now, he's at the crucifixion, he's at the rapture all right now, you know. And as I began to think about that and thank the Lord in regards to that, um, it dawned on me in that moment that my failures were not final, like I had heard that, I had under, like, you know, but, and in my mind, it, I realized that when God is dealing with me with an issue right now, a memory may come up or a situation may come up or what, what have you, um, I realized that although I can't go back and change that action, although I can't undo what I have already done, that the same God that's dealing with me about it right now is still there you know, and just a reality of in, in his infinity, he's still there and he's able to undo emotionally what was done to me in that moment. So yes, that action did occur, but God in his infinity, is still there. And not only is he able to deal with me in this moment, but he's able to change my, fe- like, it, does that make sense? That not only is he able to deal with me in my past, he's able to deal with my future and change me in the present. And, um, re- the reason why I brought that up is because one of the lives of shame will say that your failures are final, that you're going to always be this way. You're never going to be able to change. And that's not true. God is able to literally like in God, it's impossible. almost like, you know, but anyways, yeah.
0: <laughs> so this is going to go ahead and conclude part one and on to part two. It, it's actually already released. So you'll be able to go ahead and click on it after this. Um, But I pray thus far that this has touched you in some way that we have a better understanding of shame and why it's so important that we deal with this topic and allow God to heal these inner hurts or these inner wounds within our lives. Um, So without further ado, this has uh, been another episode of Apostolic Truth today and have a good one.